Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are finally getting around to giving you guys our all-time Survivor season rankings. These are our own rankings, not the rankings of our guests that we had on this summer. If you happen to miss those episodes, you can go back and download them. You can find them on our webpage at purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. Again, these are just the rankings of Andy and I. There's going to be a few ties that will come up. And Andy, do you want to explain how we're going to break the ties? Fight it to the death. <laughs> you wear your Adrian Peterson jersey, and maybe that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk it out, and we'll hopefully uh, come up with something. Otherwise, if if somehow we come to an impasse, I don't really see that happening. I'm not sure any of the ties I feel strongly enough about. But if so, then and only then will uh, we allow the opinions of our guests to influence it. I like that. That that's our own personal purple rock. Like that's going to yeah. force us to not allow a tie. That's right. We'll have the, the, the tie. We'll go to a revote, and if we still can't resolve it, it goes to rocks. Uh, and just as a note on the other podcasts, again, we spent the summer, we did eight different shows uh, talking about each one of these. At a certain point, we did seem like we were exhausted with it. It doesn't mean that we didn't enjoy talking to each and every one of you, our guests, so we want to thank them all for coming on. It's just uh, John and I are kind of lazy people, and we realized that really we understating had, it. Yeah, we had set ourselves up for a lot more work than we had thought of, and it's like, oh, I want to spend the evening watching television, but we have to talk in a podcast. So that's what that is, but I think uh, this is good. Because people have always wanted to know what the best seasons of Survivor are, and sure, I mean, it's got to be the opinions of these two guys. Like, the math works. If it was just one of us, then maybe not, but the two of us, it's flawless. Exactly. It averages out any potential flaws in our own rankings. All right, so uh, we're going to do this in uh, reverse order, so we'll start at 28 and work our way up to 1, because that's so much more dramatic. Exactly, and it's no surprise at all what we have ranked 28. Yes, as promised throughout the entire uh, summer, Nicaragua is the number 28 show, or more appropriately, the absolute last worst show in the history of Survivor. We talked a lot about why this was, and we continue to talk about all this, why this was. I just want to, you know, just to reinforce... We knew this at the time. Like, this isn't a case where, like, we've gone back and, like, maybe our, our fuzzy memories of, like, not giving it enough credit. When I was watching it from the beginning to the bitter, bitter end, I was like, this is terrible. This is the worst Survivor's ever been. Hopefully the worst will ever be. And uh, nothing has ever changed my opinion of that. How about you, John? Oh, yeah. I mean, there is just nothing redeeming about this season. I wanted to give up in the middle of this season, and I don't know why I continued to watch it, but I did, and it is, without a doubt, the worst. Terrible cast, terrible challenges, terrible twists, just awful. Yeah, at a certain point, I was, like, hate-watching this season, and, like, that's not normal for me. Like, obviously, um, I'm a big fan of the show called Survivor. I find a way to find enjoyment out of most of it. Um, there was nothing there. Like, the first episode, they were awful, and it just kept going to the point where I was legit cheering for Fabio, the worst winner in the history of Survivor to win, because he cleared the oh-so-low bar of, I don't absolutely hate him. Yeah, you were alone in that, because I wasn't cheering for Fabio. I was really cheering for them to just say, you know what? Never mind. No final tribal. Everyone go home. All right, so that's the worst. Um, So let's move on to number 27. So 27 is an interesting case because there is just one season that I have not watched, but you have. 
And so for that season, only your ranking counts because obviously I can't rank a season I haven't seen. And Survivor Gabon comes in at 27 because of your ranking. So tell us why. Yeah. Gabon, Earth's Last Eden. Uh, I, I do like that even though you've only seen 27 seasons, you still knew to rank uh, Nicaragua at 28. Oh, yeah. There's still no <laughs> doubt about that. And you're absolutely right. Um, as I said before, like with uh, Nicaragua that we knew at the time, Gabon, I did not enjoy at the time, but I didn't know, I didn't quite realize how bad it was until every time I've gone back and thought about it. While it was happening, I think, you know, there's hope. You kind of hope that maybe things will turn around, maybe they'll do this. They sure, certainly tried. Like, they had two swaps, which was, in retrospect, a bad idea. There just was nothing appealing about this season and uh, the biggest way i've realized it is people like yourself and other of our friends they've missed this season good on them and so when i go like when you when you list like the seasons you haven't watched and like a bones on there I, every time we're like yeah why would anybody watch gabon like nothing really went right it was poor casting dull performances and challenges uh not very likable people on both sides so they had to turn some of the unlikable people into underdogs, and it wasn't that convincing because they also were unlikable. And then it got to, like, the winner's fine. Uh, in this case, yeah, he's better than Fabio. Bob seemed like a genuinely nice guy and was able to do a few things, but again, he's not interesting or exciting. So Gabon is just one of the, like, this is a typical failure. That it just things didn't come together, whereas Nicaragua is an aggressive failure. <laughs> yes. And we got a spectacular failure that'll come up later. But I, I think you kind of got into the situation where, you know, I had these, I think it was four seasons I hadn't seen before the summer. And so I said, you know, which one should I watch? And as you're telling me, oh, you should watch this season because of this reason. I think that kind of cemented it for you that you went, oh, you should watch Gabon. Oh, God, no, you shouldn't because of this and this and this. And that you just started rattling off all the bad things. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, don't watch Gabon at all. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, like there's nothing to recommend about it. There's one episode that I kind of like. But yeah, other than that, like there isn't even anything really memorable. Like the most memorable aspect of the entire season is Bob made a really kick-ass fake idol. Other than that, there's like nothing that happened that like you discuss in the annals of Survivor. So here's a question for you. You've seen all. You've seen twenty-seven out of twenty-eight. Which is going to win out? The fact that you don't want to waste sixteen hours of your life on a season that I've declared is the second worst, <laughs> or completism? Oh yeah, I'm totally fine with not watching it. All right, <laughs> a, I, and I, I totally support that decision. I wonder where I would have been because you know I do have that in me that like I do want to like complete things, but you know you got to let it go sometimes. Yeah, and. I like Corinne from, you know, I, I find her entertaining at mm -hmm. least. And so I think like, oh, you know, how bad could it be? She's, I enjoy her, but from the people that I know and trust, it's almost universal that Gabon is just trashed. Yeah. And this was like, she was worse here than she was in Caramoan. It was very clear that she was just trying to be Jerry. Right. But without the charm, I guess, uh, or the success. <laughs> All right, so um, next, uh, it was another one that we actually both completely agreed on. So we completely agreed on Nicaragua. Obviously, you punted on Gabon. And then we agreed also on the basically what the third worst, or in your case, the, the second worst one that you've seen. Um, and this is actually a season that people haven't heard me talk about, or at least not my human voice. <laughs> uh, and that would be South Pacific. 
quickly why I rated it this low and why John did too. Everything about it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But like, like just and and it's, it's actually light years better than Nicaragua. But uh, so is everything. So many different things just did not come together, and it's not surprising when you factor in that their first idea for like bringing back two all stars are coach and Aussie, two players that you and I can't stand. Right. I mean, obviously, the parallel to this season is Redemption Island. So you think of, okay, what's the difference between these two? They brought back coach and Aussie. This one. There's some potentially redeemable people in the cast. I mean, obviously, Cochran, I like. I assume you like him as well. Sophie. Uh, I really like Co- Sophie. I think she's a great winner. Yeah, Cochran was a pretty good character, although he was much worse here than he would be later on. <laughs> I like Dawn as well. Um, yeah. And you know, so even Jim, to a degree, I kind of liked. I, I sign up for another season of Jim. Yeah, if they you well, know, kind of like a like a Caramoan type thing where they're bringing back like you know mid tier players, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was Coach versus Ozzy, and the edit was very heavy on that. So obviously, with our own biases, we're not going to enjoy that. But it's a Redemption Island season. Yes. <laughs> so that makes it half terrible. Uh, it's a season where the dominant alliance made their made made their alliance like before the first night was over and it never shifted. So it was a very traditional linear way of playing, which worked of course for Sophie. I remember when we were watching it, this was a season where, uh, you know, they were covering it on the AV club. So we talked about it and people were like, Oh, Sophie's not very good. She needs to do this. She should needs to team up with Albert to do this. And the whole time I'm like, no, she kind of doesn't need to do anything. She's already done it. Uh, going to the end with coach is probably a good idea. She's probably done enough to win. And that's the thing. She did just enough to win. And, you know, good for her. The million dollar spends the same either way. Yep. But for us watching at home, that's boring. And so much of it was boring. So much of it was driven by ugly personalities. It's not, you know, so we have coach and Ozzy, but you also have Keith and Whitney. You also have Brandon, Brandon Hans. Hans. Like, it's a, lo- a lot of, not good things happening at South Pacific. Like, I like Sophie. I'm glad she won. And that's about all I can say about it. Yeah, again, it should be emphasized. This is the season that introduced us to Brandon Hans. So, also... And he was better here than before. <laughs> yeah. And by better, we mean the season where he, you know, blamed women for his erections. <laughs> we should also just recount the fact that it was a constant prayer circle in every yes. episode. Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. That was when we recorded, you know, what the worst part of the season. That was, you know, what I mentioned. So with all those failures, then it's also the season that Coach decided to use Christianity as a, you know, strategy. And that doesn't insult me because, you know, I'm not. But uh, it was really bad to watch. Like, there had been a lot of seasons up until that point where people would talk about praying, would talk about Jesus, and people on the internet, like us, would be like, why are people doing that? CBS is pushing an agenda. And my point always was, no, not really. There's just a lot of Christians in America. So obviously if you put like 18 of them together, some people are going to bond over that. Yeah, statistically, you got a pretty decent chance. Yeah, but this went far beyond that because Coach decided that this is when he's shouting at everybody to you know prostrate themselves at the end of a challenge <laughs> also that he could you know get brandon hans on his side like that is as symbolic of the failures of south pacific as anything and this is also the season that the returnee from redemption island came within a whisper of winning the entire season yes which would have been this might have ranked 
even lower if that's somehow possible. Yeah, I wonder. That's a good. Yeah, I just had that thought too. If that had happened, if Ozzy had won in the, that scenario, this might have ranked lower than Nicaragua. Oh, I don't know if lower than Nicaragua, lower than Gabon. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of disagreement of those, those sucky three. No. So here's our first tie, and as discussed. With these ties, Andy and I did not discuss this beforehand, so we're just going to kind of parse it out right here, which should rank where. And we've got two tied for the next spot, Vanuatu and Thailand. Thailand. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, God. I think computerized Andy wouldn't even have made that joke. So, Andy, what are your first thoughts here? So I had this ranked at 24. So oh, I, no, sorry. Uh, we both had Thailand ranked twenty fourth. Yep. Whereas I put Vanuatu at, at twenty five. You put it at twenty three. I'm okay with Vanuatu uh, taking the the jump here. Okay. We had agreement on Thailand being terrible. Uh, obviously, I have uh, long standing, deep seated issues with Vanuatu. <laughs> um, <laughs> we talked about that one for a long time. To the point where I'm almost willing to watch Vanuatu again. It was so long ago. I think it was right after All-Star. So I'm interested in seeing what other people see about it to a degree. So to that enough, I will allow it to go up one. Okay. Especially when you think about just how awful Thailand was. And you know what? I might actually watch it with you. But, yeah, I was going to point out that as the tiebreaker, we should go with the potential sexual assault as the reason that Thailand drops a little bit in the rankings <laughs> you know we might need to use that as a tiebreaker again later <laughs> hey spoiler alert i uh, actually haven't glanced but uh, no actually we won't have to. okay <laughs> but yeah so thailand thailand would make that oh you know what you never did is put numbers here so are what are we on 25 here so the thailand will go 25 then vanuatu is 24 i mean basically the argument against thailand is that the majority of that cast were deeply unpleasant. Yep. Now, I would say the argument for it and why I probably had it above Vanuatu is Brian Heideck, I would consider one of the best winners in the history of the show, and uh, Chris Dotry, um, maybe less so. I would probably agree with that. I think we even mentioned when we were discussing Thailand, Heideck's victory is impressive because he beats a fairly objectionable person 4-3, to three, which is, it doesn't sound impressive, but when you think about it, Heidek was so objectionable, he found the only person he could actually beat and then beat him by one vote. So, good on yeah, him. Yeah, I guess one of our listeners pointed this out, and I don't, I can't confirm whether this is true or not, but that Clay actually wasn't as objectionable as he seemed, that Heidek encouraged him to become more objectionable. So it's almost like maybe, possibly, and I like the idea of this, even if it isn't true, uh, that maybe Heidek created his own goat. Yeah, I think that was uh, something on the Survivor Oz podcast that was... Uh, thrown out by various members of Brian's season. So, yeah, I remember while watching Thailand... Now, look, this is early enough that I was you know, I was still enamored in, with the show, but I was impressed by Heideck, but I did not enjoy it. Nope. And I think that that's pretty much the uh, standard opinion. Like, this is not a season that Survivor brings up very much. No. <sighs> also a standard opinion, the sexiness of Brian Heideck. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean... Callbacks. He was an alternate for our, our beauty tribe. Yes. Um, so yeah, Thailand. Okay, that's fine. Nobody. I don't think anybody will fight us about Thailand being ranked this low. 
there will be some people fighting us about Vanuatu, and you know what? That fight only fuels my meme more. Bring to me your hatred. Exactly. Andy's going to go on a Twitter rant again if you dare suggest that Vanuatu should be higher. But we've got another tie right after Vanuatu, tied for 22nd place, two seasons, Redemption Island and Africa. So, again, start us off, Andy. Well, so I think Africa, we both feel similarly about it, that basically they made it too hard. Uh, they made the survival aspects uh, too strong um, and even and also limited their ability to do things with their own agency because of, you know, lions at the gate. And that's why we don't really like it. Redemption Island... Why this is tied? Because I have it ranked higher, whereas you actually had it ranked lower than both of the seasons we just discussed. Yes, I, yes. I had it ranked one spot above South Pacific, because I feel like they should be handcuffed. Yeah, and I understand that. I think the argument for Redemption Island over South Pacific is, first off, I believe Rob was just a better winner and more charismatic figure. Now, I guess as a negative for Redemption Island is the season that brought Russell back into our lives, but only just barely. Very briefly. And frankly, seeing Russell get voted out had its own appeal. And then seeing him cry over getting eliminated, also not unappealing. And seeing Ralph spelling things, also yeah. appealing. Uh, so I had Redemption Island basically as the best of the bad seasons. Like, that's kind of my cutoff. Uh, anything below that is like a, a not good season. I feel like you let your Boston Rob love get in the way here. It's absolutely possible. I wonder, though, if the alternate is true for you. I don't hate Boston Rob. I think he's a very good player, and I think he's fairly entertaining. I just, this season was really bad. I mean, casting-wise, Robin Russell, fine. This was our first iteration of Philip, who was insane, occasionally entertaining, but mostly just insane and weird. And what else? I mean... There was Jesus Matt constantly being sent to Redemption Island. There was Andrea, who was basically scenery and came back and proved that she's slightly more than that. But there was not a lot to this cast. Yeah, and my counter-argument to that is, and why I find this season, why I elevate this season higher than the other bad seasons. Yes, of course, Boston Rob, so I'll cop to that. But also, it has the pleasures of watching a pitcher pitch a perfect game. And if that happened all the time, obviously that would be very boring. You know, you want to see different seasons, sides get their hits and all that, but every once in a while you get one of those and it's just kind of impressive. Now, to knock that, it would have been nice if he was doing it against, you know, similarly competent uh, competition. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not willing to say the Redemption Island cast was terrible. I just think they were overmatched. Yes. And maybe, you know, because I, yeah, as they we were saw, made Andrea, terrible just by fine. him. But yes, they were going up. It was, you know, a minor league team going up against, you know, Clayton Kershaw or something. Ooh, I made a Dodgers pitcher reference. That's going to be upset one of our audience. Totally um, in my head. So, yes. <laughs> So that's kind of it. It's just like there was enough for me because he is a charismatic figure and he was playing that well. That's why I rank it high. I guess the onus for you, because I'm willing to be flexible here, is why should we give Africa credit over anything? Okay. Like, What did Africa do well? So I've already got my sales pitch for you. Okay. A, it's still early on, so we have to yep. give it some slack because, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to screw up. It's early on. B, of your final four people, you have... Ethan, Big Tom, 
Lex and Kim. Kim, maybe not so fascinating. Ethan, the very definition of vanilla, many, many seasons before Julia ever was. But Big Tom and Lex, I mean, those two alone are way more entertaining than anything that Redemption Island brought us, other than Rob. Yeah, because that is the, the difficulty I have, is at least Redemption Island had perhaps the best game ever played. Asterix, heavy asterisks, right? Whereas <laughs> we'll Africa... get to that discussion shortly, because I'm looking at our list. Yes. And if you want to talk about you know, really weak gas, that's the one I'll throw in. Uh, whereas Africa, I don't know. Yes, I think those characters are good, especially back when Survivor was more character-driven. You know, I, you know and this is the thing is, I probably would have been more comfortable with putting Africa higher until, you know, Matt made a pretty convincing case for its awfulness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? The earliness, I think, is uh, a valid argument, especially as we go through this list. You'll feel that we are heavily biased to the recent. And also, I do just, I'm sensitive to people just calling me a Rob fanboy. So uh, <laughs> I'll let you have this one. I found your sore spot. Okay. So <laughs> we'll. Uh... So Redemption Island 23, Africa 22. I'm changing this. Okay. So then, speaking of perfect games, number 21 on our list. It's not a tie here. One world, and you can make the argument, and I would certainly be one that would make it, Kim's game even more impressive than Rob's game in Redemption Island. So if we're holding up a game, you know, perfect game standard, I think Kim's the one that's the torchbearer there. Uh, I have no problem saying that Kim's game was more impressive than Rob's. Uh, for the simple, easy argument is she was on a level playing field and just turned out to be that much better. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, experience just meant so much, which is why I'm generally not in favor of having excellent players against non-excellent players, right? I'm I'm the guy who rants against fans versus favorites. I say the reason why I had Redemption Allen higher, although, again, I go, you know, it's lower in our dual rankings, just because uh, Redemption Allen didn't have Colton. Uh, <laughs> Very valid point. Yeah, I mean... I've, yeah, he's, the argument that Redemption Island, the, the other characters weren't very good. Again, I, I think there was some promise there. You know, if it was just you take Rob and Russell out of there and maybe, yeah, Andrew can do something. Maybe Christine and Francesca do something. But, you know, he targeted them early. David the lawyer, Mike the Marine, like all those have promise. Whereas, you know, one world other than Kim, you know. I remain convinced, by the way, that Francesca would have been great. I think yeah. I think Rob spotted early on that of the people in his tribe, she was the one that would realize what he was going to do, and he was like, "Nope, not going to happen." Oh no, absolutely, and that's yeah, right there. That's the argument of experience versus not. He identified the person that wasn't going to play ball with him, and he got her the f out, you know. And maybe Kim did that as well, but I don't know. I mean, like, where where are the stars from One World besides her? I mean, Sabrina was probably okay. Chelsea was what she was. Uh, Monica Culpepper, Cat. I mean, Colton. Like just judging on the people they brought back, those are three fairly awful picks. Right. So this was a very pretty cast. That's about the best thing you can say That's about true, it. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, this is the season where they voluntarily went to tribal council. So, and also I was swayed by our guest um, Will. Who made the argument that the big flaw of One World, because obviously what we are excited about One World is how amazing Kim was, but the big flaw is the show didn't emphasize it enough. Yes. You know, they didn't. If you're going to have a bunch of suck and one amazing player, then just 
steer into that skid and just feature everything, kind of like they did with Redemption Island. Right, so that's the parallel, is they should have given her the same edit Boston Rob got. Yeah, because at a certain point, I don't care what they tried, there was no mystery. Uh, like I was like, Kim's winning this, people. Like unless Unless they vote her out. And then it's just a sad sack collection of losers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was like yeah. one vote past the merge where it was like, okay, so Kim's winning then, yeah? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, she... And then people are like trying to like figure out which, who she should bring to the end. She needs to go with Alicia and Christina. It's like, mm-hmm. she could go with all 10 of these people. It yes. doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, she is that much better, and they love her. So, yeah, no, One World, bad season, amazing player. Yep. No dispute here. All right, so moving up the list, number 20... Marquesas, the uh, season that gave this podcast its name. We kind of touched on it when we were discussing it in our uh, summer recaps. I think we talked to Craig about this one. Yes, we did, because I'm looking at the list now. It's just, it's fine. I mean, there was the Row 2 4 thing, very interesting, very cool. Like, we got to see the power alliance toppled, basically, from within. But in the end, it kind of gave us. Very bland final three, final four. Yeah, I mean, it was the row two four moment was a turning point for Survivor. Obviously, it was a turning point for the season, but it was a turning point for Survivor. It had to happen. It taught people to keep trying and not just accept, you know, the straight order. Which, with other than a few variants here or there, like you know Amber going before Elizabeth or Lex voting out Kelly. It, pretty much once the dominant alliance took took over, you know, it was pretty straightforward. Right. Uh, you know, pagonging. Marquesas, you know, when they made that flip, showed, no, no, no. If you're in the game, you have power. Don't accept your bottom spot. And I think that was very important and very powerful for future games. Uh, I think Rob C. has listed it as an influence on what he did. Mm-hmm. But as it played out... It, all of the excitement kind of started to die down there because those four people just were particular and interesting. They seemed perfectly nice. I mean, there was a reason why they were the beta people on the lower <laughs> end of the yeah. tribe, right? Yes. I do wonder, though, do you think if the, they do the, well, obviously they scrap the purple rock thing and they do the tiebreaker correctly and have it go to fire, you think if Kathy ends up winning, do we rate this season differently in hindsight? Uh, probably a little bit. Because Kathy was of those four, the, she's the most dynamic, and really of all the second half players, she was one of the better characters, right? right? Like she was actually the underdog before Nalea and Pascal were, right? Or Vesepia. Well, Vesepia was always an underdog. Just she was so under that it didn't seem to matter until you know she finally got something. Right. Yeah, I think it might have bumped it up a few spots. Not but much though. No, because. Kind of the same issue. It just would have been a more dynamic player leading. But really, she was there until the final 20 minutes of the season. Right. right. So I don't know how much that changes it. Yeah. Uh, and I we, mean, just, we just feel better about it. Yeah, well, even looking at the list of the seasons we have above this, yeah, I don't know if it would have moved the needle at all for me. Like, I don't think it jumps ahead of the next one on the list anyway. Yeah. And we should add that it's down here because of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually had it in my outside of my bad tier. You had it at um, 18. Yeah, I mean, again, not huge. Basically, it was among the worst of the lower middle, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And some of that, kind of like I just did with Africa, was, you know, the freshness gave it some sway. And it was an improvement over Africa, and certainly better than what came after Thailand. Let's look at this. So uh, we have... uh, 
<laughs> the order was Africa, Marquesas, Thailand. Three shows we have in our bottom 20. Why did we keep watching Survivor? <laughs> well, you know what? I did leave for a while, and maybe that's why. <laughs> but it wasn't here, right? Uh, um, no, I can't remember when I it was. I think you made it past All-Stars, right? Oh, yeah. During I Vanuatu. Made it past All-Stars. Honestly, uh, <laughs> it's because at the time we didn't think that way. Survivor has shown that it could be so much better than what it was then. And that's all. Uh, like when we talked about Australia, and we'll talk about it later, its biggest flaw is time. That more things have happened. And yep. so it was fine at the time, just because the simple act of people voting people out and, yeah, a, a moment like the Row 2-4, especially back then when, you know, jerky people getting voted out was exciting. It's fun. Yeah. And it probably over relied on that until Thailand gave them no opportunities. <laughs> but in retrospect, I don't know. There's not a lot there. No. And... Let's move on to a season that there is a whole lot to talk about, because number 19 on our list is Fiji. And we discussed this probably, <laughs> you know, we discussed it at length, and I still don't think we discussed it enough when we discussed it this summer. It is such a magnificent failure. I mean, it's it's a bad season, don't get me wrong, but it fails in such wonderful ways. Yeah, I struggled between this and Redemption Island. I think for the longest time I had Fiji there, and I'm like, maybe I'm overrating. Like, Fiji is still, like, the only other season where I sat there like, maybe I should stop watching Survivor. I guess this is in Nicaragua. So that's why I've ultimately put Redemption Island 1 as kind of my, uh, you know, mark changing of the tiers, so to speak. But I love the second half of Fiji. I did, too. Uh, I unabashedly love it. Like, as much as I hated the first half, and again, I truly hated it. Seconded so much so. But yeah, it's not just like, and then, yeah, when you go back, and especially as you were watching it for the first time uh, this season, it was fun to kind of follow along via texts or uh, direct messages. Its failures are fascinating. It fails fast and hard right many times throughout that but once you know the it's a turtle and really even a little bit before that basically once the nice people get on the halves tribe it starts to get a little better and then that that turn episode the officially second after the merge but really the only kind of functionally merge episode it's it's fun like I, i genuinely like it to the point where as it happened i think i still ranked it as one of my favorites like shows on television that season although you know it's a much different television atmosphere at the <laughs> yes, time yes it was uh this <laughs> back when like heroes was good uh oof. yeah just, what, oof. what does it for me is that like i said they fail a lot but they threw so much at the wall and just tried like oh let's see what happens like young man's making a fake idol and there's idols hidden at each camp and there's just all kinds of stuff like Lisi maybe going home without getting voted out and she's excited about this and like a a team immunity challenge post merge everything about it was just really poorly planned and yet I kind of liked it once we got past the merge I mean Yao Man's fantastic Earl is okay he's not a bad winner and he's certainly the second most interesting person on that season but there were some really bad people in this cast yeah, but and like Dreams was fascinating. I don't, I don't even hate on Dreams. Like I'm fine with what he Dreams did. is a fascinating failure as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michelle was delightful, and it was unfortunate the way she was taken out. Oh yeah, uh, she got screwed by the Team Immunity Challenge thing. Yeah, and then just seeing those awful people 
you know, be upended and embarrassed is very satisfying. So, look, if you were absolutely turned off by the first six episodes of the season, I get it. Yeah, don't blame you at all. Yeah, they are very turn-offable. Like, they're bad. Uh, I, too, was turned off. I sat there with probably with my finger above the DVR button, although maybe this season there wasn't such a thing as DVR. Maybe I recorded an episode with a VCR. Ooh. I was like, should I keep doing this? And I'm like, yeah, let's give it another one. Or, yeah, I like Yao. And that was probably enough at that phase. But the second half, I'm like, oh, God, like, what's going to happen? Like, it was a stunning turnaround. And what I would say is even if you don't like it, like you and I have learned to like it, if this is one of the seasons that you haven't seen and you are a big fan of Survivor, you, you have to see Fiji. Yeah. Because there's so much to just study. I don't know that I would say the same about the seasons that we have ranked below this. I don't know if I'd say you have to see it other than maybe... One World or Redemption Island. Yeah, just one so or the see. other. You need to see one of those. Yeah, you don't just necessarily so you need to see game. both. Yeah. Right. But this would be kind of my cutoff line of like, this and above you kind of need to see. Yeah. Just because, yeah, you need to see the show just flailing around. You need to see the way it can somehow recover. And, I mean, there's some really great strategy in at least one episode and actually a couple i mean you know this is a season where people sort of actually save themselves with idols and then a season where other people outmaneuvered idols yep. and while some of that is co- uh, commonplace although not so much with the saving yourself with idols anymore mm-hmm. um it started here so yeah i'm i'm actually happy with the way that fiji worked out because well we even got a fake idol this season it wasn't used but we got it exactly yeah he was ready and it was pretty elaborate uh, just not as elaborate as the actual idol. It looked sta- like it looked like a standard idol immunity, ne- immunity necklace. Probably not as good as Bob's, but again, watching it for like you know Google Google image search Bob's idol, and that's you know the only pleasure of uh, Gabon. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah Fiji is essential viewing sometimes for the wrong reasons. All right, so let's move on to the middle of the pack seasons. 18, and I think deservedly so. I, we, You had it at 16, I had it at 19. Survivor Guatemala. Why do you have it ranked higher than I do, by the way? Uh, I think I, I almost feel sorry for Guatemala. <laughs> like, it's just, like, become the forgotten season of Survivor, and I don't know why. I think it's just as serviceable and average as all the other ones in this little group. And I think it had some good characters, and for some reason, the show's just, like, almost erased it from the memory books. To the point where the only person they brought back is, of course, Stephanie, who they'd already brought back. Right. And I think in doing so, like, we're trying not to reference her role in Guatemala. <laughs> like, you, Guatemala Stephanie is not a hero, right? Right. But, you know, she's brought back for heroes and villains and thrown on the heroes for drive due to her work in a, another her previous season. So other than that, like, these are all forgotten people. And I don't know why. Like, there were some good characters. There was some good gameplay. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I almost feel bad for it. And that could have explained a bit of it. But let me look at my own rankings here while you decide. You, you say why you were less high on it. I mean, I, though I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, Rafe, Judd, uh, Danny, Stephanie. Well, here's a question. Was Hogaboom the most interesting former athlete they've brought back? Probably. I think yeah, he was I mean, the it's most, a low bar, right? But Yeah, I think he was the most prepared to play the game. I'll say yeah. that. And yeah, he was good. He was just came in down numbers. Like, yeah, there's a few twists here. Um, I really like Brian, who was 
voted out before the merge, so of course he's forgotten. But he's become like he's somebody that I would like to listen to talk about Survivor. Um, yeah, I think, and, and I said it at the podcast. I think it's bear, worth repeating. I think one of the reasons why people are a little lower on the show than need be is Stephanie wasn't as likable, even though she was more successful. Yes, and then. Bobby John was who he thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> He's so the think, same guy. Uh, there's one season that I feel more strongly about than you did, so I ranked it lower. And other than that, Guatemala and Panama, which we'll get to pretty soon, I have right here. They are my go-to uh, references for the exact middle of right. Survivor. Like, this is, you know, replacement level Survivor. Yeah, that's what I think you're, you're getting into the basically average season of Survivor here. Yeah, and like exactly average. So for me, and then just looking at that, maybe just I feel Guatemala needs a bit more of a boost than Panama, which for the longest time actually wasn't necessarily true. I guess Panama always had Surrey. And frankly, that if that's your reason for voting it ahead, then you that's a perfectly great reason. And it is my but, reason. <laughs> yeah, but until then, like Aris had been ignored until recently, so... Now I feel like Guatemala is unfairly ignored. I mean, come on. It had Lydia the Fishmonger. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a reason it was ignored. Anyway, so let's move on. 17th. And again, this is one of those things where it's interesting. I don't know that it's a great season, but it, it belongs right here in the middle of the pack. Survivor Samoa, basically also known as the Russell Hance season. Because no, that's Russell all has one point oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had this lower, you had it higher, so it averages out right here, which is about right. I think the issue with Samoa for us and for most people is trying to come to terms with how you felt about it then versus how you feel about it now. Right. I tried to put myself back in the mindset of watching it, not knowing who Russell is, what's going to happen, and at the time being blown away by how entertaining it was to watch all this go down Mm -hmm. my counter to that is i kind of feel like it was a little like fiji in that respect in that it was not very good to begin with you know when russell's tribe was loose and left and right and he's you know laughing about telling people he was a 9-11 firefighter and calling (laughs) all his alliance stupid bitches and burning people's socks and then the other tribe is not particularly likable but they're dominant that wasn't very enjoyable. It wasn't until kind of the second half when they come in as underdogs, and now he's finding idols left and right. Oh, and like, you forgot Russell, other Russell, almost dying in the challenge. Almost dying, yeah. yeah. And like, as bad as Russell Hans was, he wasn't even the most deplorable person in his tribe. Like, I think there was a guy, maybe Ben or something, that like was fairly openly hostile and maybe a little bit racist that... Uh, Jason just eventually like just you know set the tone for his tribe. It's like I don't care. I'm voting for him, and you guys are too. <laughs> Otherwise, I walk, which I kind of liked actually. Um, in the sense, of, like I don't know why people haven't pulled that power move before. It's like no, I don't want to live with this person anymore, and I'm not going to pretend like we need to keep him. We're losing anyway. So yeah, like like the first half wasn't that enjoyable, and I actually hated Russell Hance for all of those reasons I just discussed. But then he did win me over because it was exciting. So that's the other thing of balancing, and you've probably done enough balancing. That's why you have it fifteenth as opposed to top ten. Right. But when I factor that in, the fact that I kind of think that Samoa might be the least um, 
the most difficult to go back and appreciate. And I don't just mean go back and watch a second time. If you're somebody that kind of came into Survivor over the past few years, maybe you heard this amazing Purple Rock podcast and decided that you were going to watch all the former seasons of Survivor. As outlandish as it sounds, it's happened. Um, <laughs> at least once. At least once. I don't know if you can even appreciate the excitement of Samoa because he changed the game in ways that are now more commonplace. At the time, they weren't, and that was exciting. But now, you look back, and you kind of think, and you think some of the awful taste in my mouth from the beginning, and it's just like, I don't know. It was it was good. Yeah. The, watch me alienate our whole audience here. It's kind of like in track when the whole long jump flop thing happens. You're just throwing your legs out and basically falling in the long jump, and it sets this massive world record. And then just everybody does that afterwards kind of like Samoa. I mean, just... You're not talking about the high jump flop, are you? No. They're... Okay, yeah. Flop, okay, Again, I'm a track guy. Yes, there is also the... Well, because literally the Fosbury flop. Yes, the Fosbury yes, flop. I know what you're talking yes. about. When, yes, but it was same thing there. in long jump. Or You know what? Either one works as an analogy. It doesn't matter. So after this, basically, people, for lack of a better word, copy Russell's game without being deplorable and then win. And now going back, yeah, it's probably less exciting. At the time, though, very interesting. And then uh, we had an email from our friend Streets Ahead where he pointed out that you know, as as innovative as Russell's Finding Idols is, uh, you kind of overrate that because for the longest time, just people could not find idols. Yeah. Like they weren't at, they weren't in a round camp. You needed to be sent to an island. Yeah, this was a very good point. He sent like this massive email, and I read it all again, but that's one of his best points that he made is that you know even if someone had this idea, there wasn't always access to the idols. You know, they weren't yeah. always as easily discoverable as Russell's were. Yeah, like putting them around camp where they could be found, even with clues or without, was not something that happened for the longest time. I mean, of course, idols didn't happen until Guatemala. And then, yeah, a lot of times they were on Redemption or Exile Island. So, right. so yeah. And I mean, if I'm going to short any season, the season that brought us, you know, Russell Hans, I'm okay with. Yep, I'm totally fine with that as well. But let's move on. Andy, what's our 16? The other perfect middle, uh, Panama. Yes. Which is just, it was fine. Uh, <laughs> kind of some crazy people, uh, which provided some laughs. But I think one of the way, like, for a season to stand out over a period of 28, um, especially for myself, which is spread out amongst those, what, 13 years, yep. something new and exciting has to happen. And uh, Exile Island doesn't qualify. <laughs> It was a season of Survivor. There were some highlights. There were some lowlights. Uh, one particular highlight is Saria, one of my favorite players of all time. But other than that, it was it was fine. Yeah, I mean, when you strip back the this cast was pretty decent. But when you strip back the cast, you basically have an early season of Survivor. It's just yeah. an alliance gets together, and then they pagong the other side. The end. Yeah, in fact, when you think of it that way, just structurally, it shares a lot with Borneo in that the other tribe was probably the more likable figures, although maybe a little less so because Terry had a heavy misogynist streak, but still a little bit more. But they weren't really interested in playing a very complicated game of Survivor. I mean, they did form alliances and were voting majorities, at least, unlike a lot of people voting the other way. 
But other than that, it was a lot of, you know, moralizing and that sort of thing. The sort of thing that in the first season we were on board with, and by now maybe a little less so. Whereas the dominant tribe was the less likable people, plus Suri. Um, so. so this would have been kind of like if in Borneo the Pagongings happened, but for some reason, you know, Colleen or Jervis or somebody keeps winning immunity and gets much further than he or she should have before right. finally just being dispatched before the final two. Yeah, they eventually pass Dr. John, or no, it wasn't John. Dr. Dr. Sean. Dr. Sean, yes. And, you know, Sue Hawk or something, but yeah. And that's the thing. Like, uh, at the time, it seemed very volatile because this was a group of volatile personalities. Yes. But for the most part, it kind of just went to, other than the flying the ointment of Terry winning immunities, went according to plan. Right. It was, it was more like an expectation you had that was that this alliance was going to implode. And it mm-hmm. just doesn't. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, obviously Sari did sh- switch up the boot order once. But right. other than that, yeah. So it was good. And uh, kind of getting back to an earlier comment, these seasons we like. Um, if you are a fan of Survivor at this point, yeah, you should watch these. But I actually think Fiji is more essential than even these three, just if you're like a student of Survivor. It's not as enjoyable uh, although I'd say the end is more enjoyable than any of these three seasons put up forth, but it is more significant. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I still wouldn't rank Fiji higher no. than these. No, I wouldn't even think for a second. Like Panama or Guatemala were much more enjoyable viewing experiences yes. than Fiji on the whole. Right. Uh, but Fiji is probably more interesting. Fiji, we could talk about for another like two hours if we yeah. wanted oh, to. Oh God, yeah. We uh, could. Panama, uh, which you just watched this season, this this summer. I did. So Panama is very fresh for me. Yeah. And you weren't texting me at furiously or right as you were with Fiji. Oh, Fiji. I was seriously, I should post the text. It was just constantly, what the hell is happening right now? What is this? <laughs> and it, I think it, you could tell where I was in the season because the text went from angry to what the hell to, oh, that was awesome. All right. So our next season is probably our biggest spread so far. Yeah, so if far. Not all. Oh no, there's yeah, there's one that's uh, much bigger. Uh, so that would put it at 15, and that's Australia, the or the Australian Outback is what they called it. Uh, the idea that maybe they'd do one in Sydney sometime. Sure. Uh, I actually had it pretty high, and you did not. So uh, let's start with you. Why not? Okay. Uh, for me, you know, we have given some bias towards some of the earlier seasons, kind of inflating their or rankings. Bias against the earlier seasons, I guess. Well, no, I, I would say bias for. I think some of the, like, you know, Marquesas, we put probably a little higher than it should be just because it was like, oh, this was the first time this happened. Africa, same thing. We moved it up a little bit. Not much, but <laughs> Australia, I don't know. I mean, we mentioned this when we covered it. A lot of these people were like, you can remember most of the cast. I don't think it's because they were great. It was just because the show was so huge at the time. Not a lot to the gameplay. There's probably three, maybe four memorable players. Depends on what you think of Miss Hasselbeck. Mrs. Hasselbeck. Just gameplay-wise, I mean, it was basically a pagonging that just... There was a vote that got screwed up by a weird tiebreaker scenario. Yeah, I think this is one of those cases where we're judging it with modern eyes survivor wasn't survivor just yet it was more survivor than it was the first season because you know they had the benefit of learning from the first season so both uh, sides were playing survivor like they did 
you know, tend to cast uniform votes and that sort of thing. There was, you know, a guy out there doing, you know, picking the alphabet or you know, five different people getting votes at a tribal council or anything like that. But it was early, right? It, the, the lesson they learned is, you know, get your alliance, go with that. And there was some alliance adjustment. You know, Colby switched tracks at a certain point. Reason why I ranked it higher, uh, and we'll kind of discuss the split. I had it as high as twelve, and you had it as low as eighteen. Yeah, um, I loved it when it was happening. Uh, I was possibly more excited about this than I was the first season. Now, the first season had a lot of skepticism for me to overcome, so that was part of it. I I actually didn't even watch Survivor for the first few episodes. I was like, "Yeah, oh, that sounds stupid." Ha, I was and on then, board from day one. Yeah, I just I yeah. I didn't even watch How to Be a Millionaire at that time, except at work, or no, whatever the Regis show was. And then, obviously, it was such a huge thing that I was like, oh, okay, let me check this out. And then they offered rewatch episodes because it became such a, a phenomenon. Whereas I was on board, obviously, day one on this, and it was exciting. It was like appointment television. And for the longest time, probably up until All-Stars, Australia was my favorite season. So now, obviously, I don't feel the same way about it because survivors evolved but trying to put myself in that frame of mind and then finding the balance that's why i put it up a little higher yeah and in that email that we got i think streets ahead also goes into why Mm -hmm. australia should be ranked higher and makes some pretty decent arguments about tina's strategy and why she was actually a great player very interesting it's just i don't know it i don't muster a lot of enthusiasm for australia Sorry, maybe it's just me. Well, I think it's a personality-driven season, without a doubt. Like, that's what Survivor was at Mm -hmm. that time. And I'm not sure that's what kind of Survivor fan you are, and that's not a flaw. (laughs) I mean, and you can certainly be swayed by some personalities, as some seasons that we're about to discuss. (laughs) But that's basically, this was getting to know people, getting to know why you like them. Challenges were a big thing. So a bunch of stuff that we probably don't give a damn about now, but at the time was pretty exciting. And then... This and another season, you know, were a struggle to uh, rate for that reason. So I pumped it up higher just knowing that it did what it was trying to do for then. If a season came out like Australia now, we probably would not like it. No, it would go pretty low on our rankings. All right, so we've now reached the halfway point, and we'll cut off this first part of the podcast right here. If you want to hear the top 14, you can tune in to part two of our Purple Rock Survivor Podcast rankings, and look for that on purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com or on iTunes. 